Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Steve Jameson. Steve and his wife Cheryl serve as the lead pastors of East Ridge Church, a dynamic multi-site church based in Seattle, Washington. For years prior to pastoring, Steve served as an evangelist ministering on six continents. Today, Steve will share about his 2023 book release entitled The Most Valuable Catch, where he connects much of his ministry leadership success to the principles he learned growing up as a crew member on his father's boat. It truly is a compelling story, so lean in leaders and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Podcast, where we talk about leadership and life and how to get better at this art called leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. We are one church, two languages. I'm your host every week for this podcast where we connect with amazing leaders. And today we have an amazing leader. He's a pastor. He's an author with an amazing new book. We're going to talk about it. None other than Pastor Steve Jameson. Pastor Steve, it's good to have you on the Avail Podcast. How are you feeling? Virgil, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me today. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a journey, and people are going to understand why I'm saying that. Uh, Pastor Steve, I love to start things off uh, with having our guest just share a little bit about themselves. I think some people are going to be leaning in, especially with your story. You have a wonderful, creative, amazing God okay. story, which we're going to hear more about your your newest book. And and uh, but I would love for people to learn a little bit about who is Pastor Steve Jamison, where is he, and what's he doing. Well, you know, thank you for that. You know, one of the things about my life that's a little bit different than, you know, normal is that I grew up in a commercial fishing family. And uh, so my dad was a commercial fisherman. And, you know, this wouldn't be allowed if it wasn't a father-son thing, but he took me to sea on the open ocean uh, from the time I was 10 years old. I spent every summer on the ocean and um, ended up in Alaska fishing on his boat a five-man crew dropping 20 miles of gear every day, 5,000 hooks. Uh, if you've seen Deadliest Catch, you get a little glimpse of what we're talking about. Wow. <laughs> and um, so that was kind of my background. I, I got thrown in as a boy into a man's world. And uh, it was and it, it was exciting. It was amazing. Uh, it brought me incredible things with my dad. And then I, I stepped into, actually received my call of God uh, in wow. going to ministry, fishing with my dad in Alaska. And that's a, that's a story that we talk about in the book. But uh, ultimately, uh, followed that call, submitted to that call, and God began to open up new, fresh doors. I, I went into ministry, met my wife. Uh, we began in youth ministry. And then we took the, the next step to go into evangelism. And for about 15 years, we traveled the country and different uh, different uh, six different continents. And we started a ministry with some MBA friends of ours called Jamming Against the Darkness, and we started renting MBA arenas and doing outreach. And uh, in the midst of that, we even assumed uh, a call to be the pastors of East Reach Church here on the east side of Seattle in Issaquah, Washington. So all of these journeys kind of converge, and uh, that's why we're here talking about this book today. I love it. I, your, your story already resonates with me for a few reasons. I'm not a fisherman, I will say that, but I am I am the son of a man who loved God, of a pastor, <laughs> and and I love the NBA. I'm a Miami Heat fan. For anybody who's out there, there you go. 
we're rooting for him. Um, but but I, I'm interested in hearing more, and I know our Avail audience is going to be leaning in. We're going to talk about your your book, your new book, The Most Valuable Catch. The, the most valuable catch, risking it all for what matters the most. I, I would love to just start off with, uh, we, we heard kind of about your story, but why, why did God put in your heart to write this book? You know, people for years um, who have observed, you know, these different aspects, they're like, you should write a book because people need to have this, this idea. And really the foundation of where the book starts and where it goes is really all about hearing the voice of God. And when I was in Alaska fishing with my dad, I wasn't looking, I wasn't even seeking for God. I was doing, I was just working. I was just, you know, a young guy in a tough mm. environment, making good money. And, uh, you know, and in the middle of it, God interrupted me and, you know, and spoke to me about going into ministry, which was something I never thought about, never, you know, had on my radar. Wow. And um, so as that story unfolded, you know, I began to learn. Uh, the importance of how God does speak to us. Hmm. So that's where this book begins, is learning to understand that we serve a God that really does want to speak into our lives and that he wants to develop confidence in us that we could go and take big steps. And so not only that, but the next thing that's really a motivator of this book is the environment where we're at, where loss of, hmm. loss of faith and leadership, um, you know, I feel like we're in a great day of opportunity. I believe we're, we could be seeing the stirring of a great revival. We obviously need it in our land, and, and yet there's yep. obstacles and there's barriers to it. And so this book is to speak not only to every individual, men and women both, uh, young people who have a dream tucked inside their heart. This is a book to help lead them uh, to dream a dream bigger than they can imagine. But it also is designed to give them the underpinning of what a kingdom-centered life can really mean, in, in whether you're a university student or a business person. And so that's the journey of this book, is unfolding God's call, God's faith, how you fit in the midst of God's plan. And then, you know, even talking about how do you really see God bless your steps? How do you, how do you see God's anointing and favor mm. and, and just effectiveness come upon your life so you can leave a great legacy? That's where we're going. Yeah, that's good. I think your story is incredibly unique. Uh, I don't know a lot of people who grew up on a commercial fishing boat or even that kind of world and lifestyle. So I think it's very intriguing to me. And, and I'd love, I'd love to hear for you. I know I, you, without giving away, you know, everything, because I think there's so much in there, but can you share maybe a couple of the lessons uh, that, that you're able to kind of pour into this book from your experiences <laughs> at this early yeah. age? And then, and then connecting it to leadership, right? Because you're a pastor, you've, you've been pastoring and leading now for, for many years. And, and I imagine as you, as you were putting all this into print, right. And in, in a book, uh, I imagine it started coming alive for you. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been exciting. Um, you know, even just my dad, you know, I would be calling him and we would just be reminiscing about all the, the moments that we shared. Um, <laughs> I mean, one of my trips with my dad, uh, fishing tuna it was just the two of us and we were out at sea for 40 days the two of us without seeing land out fishing albacore tuna and you know just that bond you know just and you know just even as a young kid having the opportunity to be able to be shoulder to shoulder with my dad uh in in challenging times there was there was one moment when we were out at sea and um you know it was early in the morning we were in rough waters and um my dad is one of those kind of guys that nothing ever moved him. 
And, and I just had to, you know, as a young guy out in a dangerous situation, I had to learn not to be afraid, not to, not to worry about things. And I kind of developed this whole mentality that was, you know, until he panics, I'm not panicking. But boy, <laughs> if he panics, we're in trouble. And uh, there was this early morning in the midst of these rough, rough seas. And uh, my dad, I was still in my bunk. I was asleep because it was just the two of us fishing tuna. And he would let me uh, have a little bit of break early morning as he got things going. And, uh, and so, you know, I heard him. He ducked his head inside the, the deck house and he hollered. And I just could hear that there was a, you know, there was something in his voice that you rarely heard. He goes, I need you. I need you right now. And so I jumped up. I just had, you know, my underwear on basically. And I went running to the back of the deck house and I looked out on the back deck. And, you know, these huge waves had filled the entire back of the boat where the water uh, on the deck was all the way to the top of the rails. And we have this big hatch at the center of the boat, which is um, never taken off unless you're in port. And it's tied down with ropes. But the power of these waves hit the boat with such force that it snapped the ropes on this huge hatch. And this mm. hatch was ajar. And, uh, and we just, I just knew looking at it, if we, if we lose this hatch, if this hatch goes overboard, just think the water is already to the top of this hatch and the water would just flow into our boat probably faster than we could ever pump it out. And we were a thousand miles plus off the coast. And, um, so without even saying a word, we're out there in this driving rain, you know, it's just going sideways because of the wind and the boats rocking and everything. And we had to wrestle that hatch back into place and uh, pray that we had enough time before the next wave hit that we could even, you know, grab the ropes, new ropes and, and lash that thing back down. So that was just one moment of, uh, you know, being at sea. Uh, another thing I talk about in the book, I have a chapter on rocks, sharks and drift. And um, one thing I loved about tuna fishing was, you know, every night um, we have these high powered halogen lights, you know, that would light up the back deck and also the surrounding water. And on a nice night, you know, out tuna fishing, the water is just crystal clear. It's kind of like Hawaii. And you can look down. And because we'd always have a little bit of, of uh, blood and fish oil on our decks because of just, you know, the way that we would take fish and process them from being on deck into our freezing units. So there would always be a little bit going over the side. And so every night, you know, you had all kinds of sharks around the boat. And uh, so here I am, just a young guy. And uh, so when we got done with our work, um, I love playing with the sharks. I mean, they would come up right and just even bump their noses against the side of the boat. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so I would take a small tuna and, uh, you know, tie a tail, tie its tail with a tuna ganyan. And, uh, and I would just throw it as far as I could out over the top of where the sharks were. And when it splashes in the water, all these sharks start, you know, converging, trying to get to that fish. And I'm pulling on it as fast as I can. And, you know, the, the fish starts looking like it's water skiing on top of, of the water. And as it gets close to the boat, I jerk as, you know, as fast as I can. The fish comes back out of the water and the sharks would literally just lunge out of the water towards you. Wow. And, uh, so that was my sport. You know, that was my sport as a young guy fishing. And uh, <laughs> I could tell you shark stories, you know, all day long. But. <laughs> you know, my, my thought is fast forward, right, from, from, from the boat, the tuna at sea, the tuna fishing with your dad. Now you're pastoring and, and I can imagine, especially putting the, working on this book, you start making connections, um, 
can you help us make a connection between a lesson learned on the decks of the boat with, for example, leading a church or leading people, leading a staff team? Um, you mentioned also the difference. You mentioned to me before we got on the air, uh, the difference between a five-man crew, you know, you know, deep sea fishing in Alaska, a two-man crew for tuna tuna fishing. Uh, make a connection here because I think for some of us this is intriguing, especially those of us who lead people, churches, teams. Um, I, I'd love to hear a connection that you've made through those stories in leadership. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? Avail is excited to announce that for a limited time, you can get a free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal. The Avail Journal was created to equip and empower leaders with everything they need to excel. Read quarterly issues and pick up leadership wisdom from high-impact leaders like Sam Chand, John Maxwell, Tim Tebow, and dozens more. Take the first step in becoming a more effective leader. Sign up for your free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal by visiting availjournal.com. Yeah, that is that is a great topic. You know, how, how do the things that we learn on the boat translate to everyday life and even leading teams? And one of the big things that I learned in Alaska, working on a five-man crew, we fished 20 miles of gear every single day. Think about this. The boat never slept. The boat, 24 hours. As a crew member, we were on deck 20 hours every single day. I mean, it's an all-out war. The things have changed a little bit from, from that moment to today. But uh, this is what we were in. We were in a dangerous situation. The work was intense. And your focus was critical. And out of the midst of this, I learned about teams. And this translated to me even stepping in to work with NBA players. It stepped into leading the church. Uh, here's the key. No great organization, no great business, no great church uh, can operate with just one person. You need everybody's heart, vision going in one direction. And when you're in an intense and, uh, situation like being on a deck of a boat, uh, it is it is so important that there is a commitment to the to the mission first mm. and foremost that you you need a crew that you know you can depend on you need to know that these guys are just as committed uh, to your health and your well-being as as you are to your own because when we launch gear we, we launch an anchor that's going to go to the bottom there's no way for us to stop it so mm. if a guy's leg or foot got wrapped up in a line he's going to the bottom there's no way for us to bring him back up and so, you know, every time that we're going to launch, we're watching out for each other. We're looking where each other are standing and where the, you, you see what I'm saying? The ropes are yeah. And in the midst of this, you got a boat that's pitching and rolling and water coming over the sides. And so you got to pay attention. And, and so this aspect of building a crew that's committed to each other. Another key thing is that we understood that nobody could do what we're doing long term. It was mm. a season of time. And, you know, nobody could go out there and endure this uh, 20 hours a day, 365 days a year. It's impossible. Mm. And so we translate this into business. We translate this into our church culture. Yeah, there's going to be times when it's all hands on deck. Uh, you can't be just worried about your silo. You can't mm -hmm. just be worried about your part. You've got to be worried about or concerned about the overall good, the real vision. In our church, it's church first. It's not just what mm -hmm. serves youth or children, worship. No, it's what serves God's great mission. Does that make sense? And yeah. we're going to find times when we're going to find somebody who's struggling. We want to build a culture that you don't struggle alone. If you've got a need, you speak up and, mm. and you know your crewmates, you know your teammates are going to come 
and give you their very best. And that's what makes a great crew, commitment to the, to the mission, commitment to each other, understanding the ups and downs, giving your best. And, uh, and then the aspect also of just encouragement. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. There was a time where uh, I had a guy fishing with us who was a powerfully built young man. And uh, he was a, at that time frame, he was an alternate to the U.S. Olympic team in cross-country skiing. So the guy was in shape. Mm. And where we fish in Alaska, there's just a few hours of darkness, probably even just sometimes just an hour and a half or so. And yet that darkness, you know, when you're working like that, just that darkness makes you feel the intensity of it. And so here's this powerfully built young guy. We're dressing halibut right in the middle of the, the mid decks. And I see him start to, you know, stop his work and put his hands out on the, on the hatch. And he looks over at me. And he goes, man, I'm done. I don't, I don't have anything left. And then he says, hey, grab a hook rack. Come over here. And so there's a hook rack is a, a piece of metal that we, you know, hang hooks on when they come back on board. And um, so it's a pipe. And so I took this pipe over and he goes, hit me. And I go, you got to be kidding me. What are you talking about? He goes, no, hit me. I'm, my, I'm just aching through my shoulders. Just hit me. And so here I am with a, with a pipe hitting my buddy, you know, <laughs> through his shoulders, trying not to hit his, you know, his backbone or his shoulder blades. But I, I loosen him up just enough so he can keep going. A little while later, he, I look and he's back. He's stretching out over the hatch. And this time he says, man, I, there's, I got nothing left. Well, my dad was working on, the, on the, what's called the roller. It's the side of the boat. And it, it takes the brunt of the weather and, and the intensity of it before it hits any of the rest of us. And mm -hmm. a lot of captains wouldn't even be there at mid-deck. They would be up in the pilot house. But my dad wanted to be on deck. So I learned hands-on impact. Wow. Not just being the guy in the deck house. But he led the boat, ran the boat from midship so he could be with his crew. And so he sees this moment happening on the deck. And he's running the boat. It's so intense. But he took a chance and he stepped away for just a moment. We leaned over to, to where Chris was and he, and he looked him right in the eye and he just said, Chris, you are becoming a great fisherman. And then he turned around and went right back to his place. And, you know, that just, you know, I write about this in the book. That was like a bolt of, of adrenaline going through Chris's <laughs> heart. And this young, powerful guy just stood up, grabbed his, his gaff hook and went, you know, what was inside of him was, man. I love this guy. You know, he is a man's man. He's a leader of leaders. And he's just telling me, I'm not going to quit. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. He, he believes in me, you know, and he stood up. And so all these things are so true. People need encouragement. They need to know that yeah. the leader is, is for them and with them and concerned about them. And so we carry all these things into life and ministry. Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that, that people have a hard time with is trust with leadership. And I know we were talking about this uh, um, as we were preparing, but, but the, the aspect of so many people have lost trust in leaders, uh, in leadership. And I know that this is something that comes up as well as a theme in the book. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, this is, this is a huge thing. Um, like you said, people have lost faith in government, education, corporations, and sadly, too many times now, spiritual leaders. And so we talk about a sacred trust. And, and that's why, you know, writing this book, I, I wrote it in, with, in mind that I would want every pastor and every leader to say, wow, when I look through this book, I find the keys to the kingdom, what it is to live a, a meaningful life. And, and even to understand behind the scenes, kind of 
you know, pull the curtain back and show what really makes a difference in today's world, in today's church. So I, I teach this concept of the restoration of the sacred trust. And the point is, is that leadership is a trust. And it is in every place, in business, government, every place. It's You're being entrusted with the opportunity to impact people's lives. Yep. And if you take that trust and you just use it as something to benefit yourself, you know, if you're just about how much money you make or, or how much applause you get, you're not going to have that mentality that I'm talking about with building a crew and, and building a real mission. And, yeah. and there's a sacred trust to leadership. And that is this. As a, as a spiritual leader, our first call is obviously to honor God and to live our lives in a, in a real relationship with him. We need to be people in the word. We need to be people with a heart of authentic worship. We need to be transparent with God and, and really, you know, taking to heart that he's entrusted us with the greatest thing that there is. That's why we call this the most valuable catch. It's risking it all for what really matters. It's not it's not money. We made a lot of money fishing. It's not about just that manhood thing on the decks. This is a moment for men and women. This is a this is an aspect of kingdom mm. where every single one of us uh, have a calling in our life. Every single Christ follower is a leader. You have influence. And so the first call of us as a leader is to honor God. But then secondly, to honor our people, to love our people, to care about our people. Uh, you know, you heard me just tell a story about my dad not being up in a deck house, but being right there with the people. This mm. is another aspect of this of this sacred trust of leadership, caring for your people, loving your people, business, particularly in ministry. The second aspect of the sacred trust, it's a two sided coin, is that the people, the, the followers, the people of God have to do the same thing. I think a lot of times we have this disconnect. This is the perspective of what our pastor ought to do. This is what our spiritual leader, you know, they ought to live accountable. They ought to watch what they let in their life. They should be careful to be, you know, living out the scriptures and, and people let their standard be somewhat below their leaders. I'm saying, no, that's not your call. Your call is to live your life fully unto God. And uh, this is not a time to back away from the church. It's not a time to say, I don't need church. I can get what I need on a podcast while I'm working out at the gym. You know, mm. the body of Christ is built upon the people of God. And so the sacred trust is each one of us honoring God and then loving each other. And if we could get the entire body, once again, to live as God would have each, each believer live, but then have them love their leaders as well. And it's a two-way street. The leaders have got to lead so people can believe in them. But, you know, there's another thing that happens in this process of restoring trust is that Christian leaders and, and Christian people need, we say this in our church, you need to set your default that I mm -hmm. trust my leaders instead of, oh, my gosh, what's wrong here? Or what's going on? Right. You, know, you say, you know what? I know their character. I know who they are. I know their vision. I know where we're going. I want to get behind this. And leaders need, they need people in their church who will lead well right with them, come alongside. And uh, I think we, we can see amazing things happen if we could restore the sacred trust. That's so good. I, I love I love the concept of restoring a sacred trust because I think that's one of the strategies of the enemy to get us to not trust, which leads us to not even trusting God sometimes. Um, this is great. I, I, I'm curious, as, as you were talking, I'm curious now. Uh, specifically about the title of your book, 
the most valuable catch. Why did you name it the most valuable catch? Well, I, that, that, um, that title just comes from the aspect of really having a life that knows what you need, to, you know, what is the most important for you to focus on and, and coming out of the fishing industry. Um, you know, it's a, it's an industry where guys are there for one, one big reason and they want to make money and they want to make it quickly. The second thing mm -hmm. is that sense of, of crew and camaraderie, uh, all those kinds of things. And, and what I'm trying to say is I've been in that environment and I can tell you that the adventure, the money, the challenge, that's all secondary. The most important thing you could ever do with your life is to live it honoring unto God. Uh, the most valuable thing you could ever do is be a part of not only you honoring God with your life, but helping someone else find Christ. You know, working with even NBA players, I love this because these guys, you know, um, were some of the highest paid players. They were, you know, MVPs, uh, tremendous guys. Uh, and yet when we came down to doing a jamming event, we would rent an NBA arena. We'd set up half court on one end, a rock and roll stage on the other. We brought in top, you know, contemporary Christian music, guys like Toby Mack and Third Day and Newsboys, you name it. And, uh, you know, Fred Hammond and different guys on the on the um, African-American gospel side, uh, Israel Houghton, you know, just great people coming together. Uh, but we would we would bring in mascots and they would shoot T-shirts and, and we would have the guys come out and do two ball, three point shootout, throw down some dunks. But then we would give them a handheld wireless mic and out on the court. We were given the opportunity to just talk about what Jesus meant to them. And it was the most amazing thing. Wow. Because we never paid an athlete. They recruited each other. They loved the moments that we had where we prayed together, where they shared their faith and their testimony, not only with each other, but then with an arena full of people. And this is where this whole most valuable catch moment comes in. Wow. Because these guys realize we have an we have a platform, we have all of these other things. And, 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 you know, they have all the confidence in the world to go out and play a game or do an exhibition. But the moment you put the mic in their hand, it was like it went up another notch because they wow. realized, wait a minute, nothing compares with the opportunity to share your life that someone else may come to know Christ. And this is in business. I could tell you stories. You know, one of the, one of the chapters in the book um, is about no empty hooks. And uh, I talk about the, the principles of the kingdom. And that's why I believe that this is a book for every individual, men and mm -hmm. women. Women have loved the book, who have, who have pre-read the book. Uh, they, they, they tell me, Pastor Steve, I stopped three times and wept because this book is so impactful. Wow. And, uh, but I talk about no empty hooks. Think about that. As I mentioned, we, we fish 20 miles a year, 5,000 hooks in Alaska. And I, what I say is a lot of times in today's world, People, they don't understand the kingdom and, and they're frustrated because they work so hard and they feel like they have so little to show for it. And what I'm saying is that's like going to Alaska and going through all the headache and, and, and pain to lay out 5,000 empty hooks with no bait, lay it wow. on the ocean. Which among us, you know, who would do that? Who would lay out 5,000 hooks and expect that there was going to be a harvest? And mm. yet we do this, we do this in our spiritual lives. You know, we go to work in our business. We, we own great businesses or we, we manage great business or we work there. And, and many times in our lives, we don't know the aspect of the secrets of the kingdom. What is God going to honor? What's going to make the difference between 
always being frustrated, feeling like we're not getting anything for our hard work. And what I'm saying is, if we learn the keys of worshiping God, if we learn the keys of 2 Corinthians 9, you have to sow to reap, and it's got to come from a joyful heart. How does a joyful heart come? Only when it's worship. And so there's this dynamic of the kingdom that comes in where the dreams of God percolate in a person's heart. Mm. And uh, this is what I'm writing about in this book, hearing the voice of God, getting confidence that God really does speak to you. I had a, a young a couple today who are entrepreneurs with me talking about, you know, taking that next step in their business mm. and how it was scary. And I said, I know I'm just writing about this, but God wants you to know you are hearing from him and it's time to untie and it's time to go to deeper waters. Because if we're not willing to take that step of faith, if we're if we're just satisfied to stay in the harbor, you and I know we have just capped everything yep. we've got to do in our life. Yep. But if we're willing to to trust God's voice in our life and you know untie and head straight up, even into the wind of the waves, we're going to see God do some amazing things. That's so good. That's so good. I, this has been great, um, Pastor Steve, because I think it, it, it's a unique perspective. Uh, to principle, got to godly kingdom principles, leadership principles connected to a, a great, to great stories. Uh, this is such a creative idea. I'm so thankful the Lord put this on your heart. I, I want to help people know how they can get it. I know, you know, at the time of this recording, it's summer of 2023. People might hear it even later. But where can people find uh, the book? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, the best place to go to get the book is just simply the name of the book, themostvaluablecatch.com, and all the resources will be there. And I just appreciate that. And the thing that I'd love for everybody to see, this book is for men and women. Uh, it's for you know business leaders. It's for church leaders. But it's, it's really going to help build your kingdom life. And it's more than a book. It's really a project. We have nine master classes that come along with it, a study yes. guide. And, uh, you know, it's really built to be that tool to help you reach for the very best in your life. Yeah, you guys heard it. Um, the valuable, the, the most valuable catch.com, correct? Yes. I think that's the best place to come. Yep. You can get a, you can get a hardback copy from us at the most valuable catch.com. Mm -hmm. You can get all of the bundled, you know, from an ebook to an audio book to the study guide and the master classes. Uh, it will be available on other platforms like Amazon and different places um, all over the place. But I, I would really encourage people to come to the most yeah. .com and, and just, you know, uh, be with us directly to get the very best deals. Yeah, yeah. You can get the book. You can get the study guide that goes along with it. And obviously you'll have access. If you if you go for the bundle, you have access to those masterclass videos, which is a great touch uh, to uh, walking through this book. I think. I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy this, Pastor Steve, and, I, and I'm so, I'm so. I also hope it inspires other people to to write about their stories, their God's stories. Um, speaking of resources, I want to mention the Avail Journal. You're familiar with the Avail Journal, in fact, yes. you have an article coming up, right? Yes, I'm excited about that. It's coming out here in July. Yes, yes, July 2023. Uh, our Avail Journal for those of you who are watching or listening for the first time, or maybe you're new or you haven't done it. You can claim your free annual subscription by going to availjournal.com. We want to cover it for you, uh, the first four editions for you. Uh, this is great resource with a myriad of contributors and pastors and authors like, like Pastor Steve Jameson, who wrote an article for the next one. If you don't, if you haven't gotten it, go for it. It's free. 
It's on us for the first year. This is going to help you on your leadership journey. It's so important. Would you agree, Pastor Steve, that it's important oh, to have absolutely. resources? Absolutely. And not only that, but that is so well done. I mean, yeah. um, it is it's not like just another magazine that you would pick up someplace. It's got the heavier stock. It's like yep. something that you would see on the table at a resort. It's really something that you could use and, and be helpful to your friends. And uh, Virgil, if I could say one last thing yeah. uh, about the book, um, it's that spiritually, I love what we've also done. All the way through the book, it not only weaves the story of, of my background and experience, but we tell the story of Barnabas and, uh, and how God can speak to a person's life and prompt them. And all the aspects of the book are lived out in the life of Barnabas and how he engages Saul. He, he has to take that chance when nobody else would believe that Saul, the apostle Paul, was for real. <laughs> yeah. uh, when the revival broke out in Antioch. You know, this is that place of not only the sacred trust, but shared leadership. Barnabas could have just been the man. He could have been the preacher and teacher and had the love of the people. But he felt the prompting of the spirit. Someone else needed to be in the mix. And so he took the chance and brought Paul into Antioch and shared leadership, shared the love of the people, shared opportunities. And there was a multiplying effect that came into the kingdom. Writing this book is what it's all about is that pastors would see people come alongside of them and we could create this multiplying effect for the kingdom right now. And my, my little challenge is, if it wasn't for Barnabas and his willingness to do all the steps we talked about in the book, would we even know the name, the Apostle Paul? So mm. there's something here for everybody. You can be a world changer. You can make a difference no matter where you are in your life. That is a solid word to close on. You can make a difference. You can be a world changer. I love this. Uh, Pastor Steve, this has been an awesome opportunity to, to get to know you a little bit and also to get to know about your book, um, themostvaluablecatch.com, everybody. That's the website where you can uh, not only get the book, but get the get the bundle. I encourage you get the whole bundle, which includes the study guide, access to the masterclass videos, audiobook, just great resources. Um, we appreciate this. Pastor Steve, on behalf of the Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilborg, everybody who's behind the scenes, we honor you, brother. We're thankful for you, and we can't wait to see what God's going to do with this book. Thank you so much. What a what a privilege to be with you. Thank you for all you're doing. God bless you. <laughs> awesome. I hope you've been encouraged by this episode of the Avail Podcast. Pastor Steve Jamison and his new book, The Most Valuable Catch. You got to check it out. Go to themostvaluablecatch.com and see all the resources available to you. On behalf of Avail, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church in South Florida, your host for these Avail podcast every single week. A new one comes out where we talk leadership, we talk life, we talk how these principles can help you along your leadership journey. It is the art of leadership. We will catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Steve Jamison. You can find out more about Steve on social media and by going to themostvaluablecatch.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com and make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast. <laughs>